I promise you, when you put it up and you see that yoke, you can't do nothing but get your roll on. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Easy. He jumped that side of me. How about a oot oot? He gets away from the pressure. Fires to the end zone. It's hot! It's Greg Lewis! It is Sunday, September 24th, and the Minnesota Vikings had 10 days off to fix their problems. They came in and they succeeded. They established the run for a whopping 24 rushes for 5.4 yards per rush. Ryan Lundin, how do you feel? We did it. <laughs> I think uh, I think you what you mentioned on the last week's podcast um, reigns pretty true. It doesn't really make sense to establish the run if it's not going to result in opening up the passing game. So there's no sense in in robbing Peter to pay Paul in that aspect. So Did I bury the lead? Did we lose? <laughs> <laughs> Even though we successfully established the run? That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, the Vikings lose, fall to 0-3, the dreaded 0-3. Everyone said 0-2 is fine, 0-3, you're done. So we'll see. Uh, still a long ways to go, but not a good spot to be in. Um Let's go right to the end because there was a lot to talk about in this game. I know we were frustrated throughout and we'll get to all of it, but the last two minutes really are all that I've been able to think about in the hour since the game, I guess. Um, so we go to, if we, if we pick it up after the two minute warning, the Vikings have already been stopped on the goal line after having a first and first and goal from the three, um, they get stopped on the goal line, turn the ball over and down Chargers get the ball back chargers. Uh, they got, I picked up one first down, I believe. And then um, Keenan Allen gets stopped a yard short on third down. So we're under two minutes um, and it's fourth and one. And do you like, if you're the Chargers fan, Vikings have used their last time out. So if you get this first down, you win the game. If you get stopped, obviously you give them the ball back at 25. Do you like going for it there? Or like, did you, would you have wanted them to go for it there if you were a Chargers fan? Um. I think I could come to terms with it just because um, you had mentioned during the game, you know, the Vikings do get that stop. They get the ball back at the 24 yard line. Um, and you're like, you know, ideally you take some time off this clock. So you're not giving the ball back to Justin Herbert with, you know, with a minute plus whatever it is. Um, ultimately. Yeah. That's not what, how it played out, but um I think that potentially was in the thought process for Brandon Staley sure. where, you know, I don't really trust my defense all too much in, in any aspect, given the, how the first two weeks have go have gone for the chargers. So whether it's 60 yard drive or 25 yard drive, at least I have the time to, to drive back down if, if I need to. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked going it for there if, I, if the Vikings were in that situation. I would not have liked the play call, which was nope. a fullback dive and it got stuffed uh, immediately. So the Vikings defense makes a huge play. You think, you know, this is handed to them. The charger chargered and it's handed to them on a silver platter. Another chance, a do-over in the red zone to take the lead on a touchdown. And yeah, 146, you think it's too much time. You got to waste time, you know, no, no way that we can. Clock is no factor for us um, at this point. Um Turns out the clock, you know, in order to go 25 yards, they still ran into uh, clock problems in the end. So um, a lot of things happened to, just to gain 10 yards or whatever it was to get them to the point of fourth and five, uh, 42 seconds left. There's been injuries. There's been a weird penalty that I've never seen before for an extra for an injury, even though the clock was stopped and fourth and five, you know, game on the line. Kirk hits TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the field down to like the th- three yard line or so five yard line and the clock is running <laughs> and nobody is doing anything. The play ended at 37 seconds and 
the Vikings did not snap the ball until there were 12 seconds left in the game. And of course, Kirk throws it to Hawkinson again. It gets tipped up and intercepted in the end zone and game over. So what was going through your mind when they get the fourth down and then in the long, long time it took to to figure out another play? My thought was just the the lack of being prepared. Um, <laughs> you can see, and I know Kirk has asked about it in his press conference, like, do you have the authority to go up and just make a play call? And he goes back to the Bills game last year where he said, you know, I have the authority. I called a sneak last year in the Bills game and didn't get it. So I had to live with those consequences. But um, ultimately, I will live with the consequences of a, you're at the six of spiking the ball with 20 seconds left um, compared to the consequences of, you know, even if that, that ball isn't intercepted, they have seven seconds, which is right on the verge of being able to get two plays off. Um, And especially if you're a Kevin O'Connell developing a pass play, seven seconds is clearly not long enough. So um they really handcuffed themselves there. You know, ultimately it doesn't matter because it is intercepted, but it just, it didn't seem like, didn't seem like we knew what we were doing. And it pointed back to exactly kind of how the first half ended as well. And we learned nothing. Yeah. Whether it's on Kirk or Kevin O'Connell, I don't know, but you have to be prepared in that situation. There's no way. I think whether it's a spike or just, a, just getting up and re- having that play called and running it, at 30 seconds instead of at 12 seconds, like would have made all the difference if that's an incompletion. And then you can still get two, three more plays off as it was, like you said, they were only going to get probably two plays off. So if you were, if you were trying to save the down by not spiking the ball, that didn't help you at all. And, you know, you can say, Oh, it was intercepted. But I, I mean, with how hectic that whole thing was, it's hard for me to believe that that didn't have some factor in whether how quickly Kirk threw it or Hawkinson turning around quickly, like all of that, they were just, they were, discombobulated I'd much rather have everyone settle down get ready you know before uh before a snap of that much importance so they uh they blew it I would say um whether they deserve to have that opportunity to win the game in the end um is I think a debate that we can have as we look at the game as a whole but that is as good of a chance as you're going to get um to win the game and they didn't they didn't come through so let's talk about the red zone woes as a whole because that was only the that was not the first time that they failed to convert in the red zone. We already mentioned just the previous drive when they had a really nice drive, drove all the way down the field to hopefully take the lead. You get first and goal at the three, and then you go run, run, incompletion, incompletion, one of which was a penalty, um, like a legal shift, and turn the ball over. For all good, all the good that the run game did and being able to count on that, they could not punch it in from the three-yard line. So what good is it really for you? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think what I point to is I I don't understand why we're running. And I know you can't be super one-dimensional dimensional and just run behind Derisaw the entire time. But when the rubber meets the road and you're right at the goal line, why wouldn't you run against your your or behind your maulers and your your strongest offensive linemen? It seems like we're always behind, you know, Slopeman and Ingram or Slopeman and um Cleveland who who that's not their strong suit and um I'll I'll uh I'll point back to last year Kevin O'Connell drew up just a dandy of a play for Jalen Rieger to score a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um it maybe it was a two-point conversion, whatever it ends up being. It was but, a touchdown. Yep. I will um, <laughs> it just seems like we we've been begging for for some creativity in, in short yardage and it it doesn't show up time and time again, whether it's goal line or you know, second and three, third and three, any short yarded situation, KOC doesn't really seem to to have a go to answer without, you know, Delvin Cook and um, bring in CJ Ham. That's what I say. Well, yeah, we haven't run that. But um, like you said, we had first and goal from the three, the three and the six and, and ended up with three points to show from that. So it's uh it's really hard to win that way when you're, you're leaving that many points off the board. Yeah. So we've of course talked about through the first two weeks, the turnover margin, we thought we might come out equal in this game, but the Vikings do lose 
the turnover battle after the final pick two to one, they did force a fumble. And I mean, there's a lot of ways to say, you know, to break down how this game went and how it could have gone either way, but one way to look at it, and this is not the full picture, but there was one play where the ball hit your cornerback in the hands and ended up being a touchdown for the other team. And there was another play where the ball hit your tight end in the hands in the end zone and ended up being an interception. So that's tough. Um, I mean, a Caleb has to catch that or knock it down um, and hit his helmet somehow. That was like defied the laws of physics. Hawkinson, I mean, would I love to have him catch it? Yes. Would Kyle Rudolph catch it? Probably. But that was a zinger and it was kind of, I didn't maybe see a good angle of it either, but that was, that would have been quite a catch if he did um, with coming in that fast and it was, it's low and kind of away from his body too. So um, it's not as, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I the way I look at that, um, and I, I think this goes back to the the lack of time that they had, but yeah. that type of throw into the coverage that was there, I would much prefer on a, a third or fourth down in, in those situations. If, if it's that tightly covered and it's not a putting it on Hawkinson's numbers, um, Kirk, I think Kirk made the throw that he needed to. He kind of outside of Hawkinson's body, he had to reach for it, but that was the only place the defender wasn't going to be able to get to it. Um, which just ends up going off Hawkinson's hands. But if that's your read, maybe throw it over his head, throw a fade out. I, I like you said, they they just weren't prepared in that moment to have a plan B. Well, and so. I have a hard time believing it. I have to watch the playback, I guess, and see. I don't know if there was pressure coming or whatever either. But with how they were rushing, I have a hard time believing Kirk was gonna just be patient on that play either and run more time off, you know, and whatever. I think he's gonna turn and, and chuck it as soon as he had the chance. So um very unfortunate. I mean, a lot of unfortunate bounces in this game, the way, you, you know, however you look at it. But um, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. 0-3 and three one-score games. So, you know, everyone's talking about regression and, you know, they were due for for these one-score losses after all the one-score wins last year. One, one note of uh, positive regression for the Vikings. Um, they were the beneficiary of the old... Uh, forward progress rule um quick whistle on a fumble which was definitely a fumble today with madison that would have been another red zone turnover and uh, yeah reminiscent of the colts game last year but that was even with that that would have felt like kind of a lucky way to win had they because they they were gifted three points there yeah do you feel like there is just a coincidence that these turnovers all seem to be happening in in the red zone i mean hawkinson's wasn't it was on the 26 yard line. Um, so right in that same kind of area, but for the, through the first three weeks, you know, you got the pylon, you've got this, the, the Madison fumble that wasn't today. Um, Osborne's was on the goal line week one. Like I don't remember a stretch like this in my life. And I've watched a lot of Vikings football. So we have what, eight turnovers, nine turnovers on the year. Nine. Should be eight. nine now or nine. eight now. Three. Plus four, well, plus two, correct? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, at least five or six of them were probably in field goal range or the red zone, I would say, off the top of my head, which is unfortunate. And we're when we're going to talk about this offense and how it's statistically really good, and then they are only averaging 23 points a game, that's that's why um, in a lot of ways. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, if we thought we were due some bad luck, uh, it is all coming very quickly. Um, so that's unfortunate, but I think, I mean, I think especially Madison and Hawkinson, like you should be stronger and just hold onto the ball there. But again, that's, I'm going to sound like a Hawkinson apologist on this podcast, but um, you know, you're turning, you get hit by two guys right away. And that, I mean, it gets ripped out sometimes. That's, that's what happens. My thing with Madison. And I think not just the fumble, but the drops um, and he had a good game today. So I don't want to say he didn't, but, I just think he's pressing a little bit. I think maybe the pressure of being the number one guy now and wanting to prove himself and a lot of stuff. And that leads to some good things. I think, I mean, I think he ran hard today and and well, um, but stuff like just pushing a little bit for, um, for extra yards and losing the ball or hit another one that he was just barely down and the ball squared out um, or the, just the drop, you know, turning and looking upfield. Um, I don't know if there's, I don't know if Acres is going to be a better option there. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see more Chandler still too, but obviously the run game was not the the problem today, but as we continue to talk about the offense, it ended up being 
maybe better than it was throughout the game. It ended up at, what was it? 50 passes and 24 rushes. So maybe you like that ratio. Maybe it's still a little high, but throughout most of the game, it was much closer to 50-50, which let me just say, with the way that the Vikings are constructed, I would rather have a below average run game to the worst run game in the NFL than a average run game, but you're running 20 plus times a game because you feel like that has to be part of your offense and you're neglecting your pass catchers. Um, that's that's what I'll say. That's that's what I was feeling through most of this game. Yeah, I think I had the same feeling where the offense wasn't in the same rhythm that they they were able to kind of conjure in the second half of the Bucks and the the Eagles game, um, specifically the Eagles game, I guess. But because of the of the run, it seemed like they were still trying to force it to an extent. Um, which <laughs> compared to where we were last week, you know, just all over the board here on, do we need to run more? Do we need to run less? But I think you just need to use it when teams force you to essentially, um, and then be efficient when you do use it. But it, it, the, the offense never really got in a rhythm today to the point where you felt good about where they were at. Yeah. I mean, I will say it was nice to be able to have it, to lean on it in the fourth quarter. They had some nice runs for first downs. Um, I think on that last, uh, the two, two long drives in the fourth quarter, but, um, but then you have to be able to execute in the red zone too. That's my thing. Like then it's, what's the point of it? If, if not uh, to be able to run in from the one yard line or the three yard line. So that's where, that's where it was frustrating. And yeah, I'll go back to, I mean, I don't know what the deal is, but this team is averaging eight points per game in the first half. They've scored seven, seven and 10 points in the first half this season. And a lot of that's turnovers. I know, but that's just crazy to me with what this offense is supposed to be. And, you know, they didn't get JJ going until the second quarter today. And even still didn't get, I mean, didn't get Addison going until the fourth quarter Osborne just a couple times. So it was a lot of handoff to Alexander Madison or dump off to Alexander Madison. And, you know, it's a little, Hawkinson mixed in there, which still I'd like to see more from him as well. So yeah, it was, it felt like an overcorrection to me and they're going to, you know, say, you know, now we know we can do this and we can build off of it and have a more quote unquote balanced approach. But I don't know if that's really maximizing what this offense can do. If you're handing the ball to Alexander Madison 20 times a game, I just don't think, I don't think that's what you want. So that's frustrating. And I just think O'Connell sometimes overreacts to things. And I do think, I mean, I was obviously being a little sarcastic off the top of the pod, but I do think that's what they spent these, this long week being like, you know, we're going to fix the run game. Um, and they came in with a mission to do that. And that's great that you were more efficient and, and proved that you can do it, but it wasn't good enough to win a game. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's hard to, once again, look at the game and say that it wasn't a good offensive effort because of what they put up. But I, I just think that they're putting themselves behind in these games because of not scoring enough um, early on. Yeah, I think it's um, in the two touchdown drives in the second half, we had a total of three runs, which I thought was lower than I would have guessed. Um, like you said, if you lean on it, you've got to be able to score with it or, or at least be productive with it in the red zone. Um, I don't know. I, it, the first half points really confuse me because it, it seems like that's when you should be able to be your most efficient. You know, we always talked about in the Zimmer era, you know, get through the scripted plays and then let see where things play out from there. Um seems like the scripted plays are always putting the Vikings at a disadvantage this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, you know, once again, come out after halftime with the ball and a chance to go down and take the lead and they end up punting from midfield. Um, Chargers take a two possession lead and, you know, good, did a good job, came back quickly, took the lead again. And I mean, everyone said going into this game, you know, not only are they both zero and two, but the Chargers and Vikings obviously have a history of, of playing some crazy games on their own. So putting them together, we're expecting something crazy and there were uh, plenty of moments. So it lived up to type in that way, but unfortunate for the Vikings not to come through. Um, Anything else on 
Well, the one other thing we should mention is the first play of that last drive after they got the fourth down stop, you have KJ Osborne coming wide open for a touchdown and Kirk misses him. So there were a few today um, that Kirk was was off on or people having to having to stop, having to come back. I would say this was the worst pass protection game of the season as well so far. So that's definitely part of it. Um, if if Reisner's not starting next week, I'm going to be upset. I think it's got to be, that's got to be why he was brought in here. It's got to be in that left guard um, is where I would put him. So hopefully that, hopefully that will help. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here, but another disappointing effort from the offense, even though they made it look half decent in the end. Yeah, it's just it's uh it's just so hard to put your thumb on exactly. I mean, you can always point to the turnovers, I guess, but like where do you really need to to get better? I mean, I saw the stat today that our quarterback leads the league in passing yards, um JJ leads the league in receiving yards, Daniel Hunter leads the league in sacks or is tied at least at this point. Um like you have these great individual performances going on within an 0 3 team. How do, how do you score, the Dolphins score more points today than we've scored all season? Yeah, that's true. Um <laughs> yards are not points. I think that's what I, and it's I mean, we're going to keep saying it. It's the turnovers, but you can't just say that you have to not turn the ball over. Well, right. And I think I had the thought today after the game that this offense is the Ed Donatel of offenses where, you know, we got yards like you wouldn't believe, but when it comes to scoring, things are low. Um, and that's what Ed, Ed Donatel told us to keep watching last year. And now, unfortunately, we're seeing it on the wrong side of the ball. Ben, but don't break offense. Yeah. Um, well, we can, yeah, we'll see if there's anything else that comes up, but we can move to the defense, um, a record setting day on the other side of the ball. Um, Keenan Allen, who I was unfortunately playing against in fantasy, um, had a huge day, at both receiving and passing the ball. Um, uh, I think you sent me that the Vikings blitzed on like 80% of the plays today. and 82%. 82%. Um, that's interesting. And if Caleb, if a Caleb catches the ball or if, I mean, that's the main one, I guess, that comes to mind. But if the Vikings just score the ball at the end, you know, the defense made that stop. They made a couple. Um, so they gave up a lot of yards and 28 points. But again, I feel like it's maybe that was the overcorrection too. They picked their poison and stopped the run and gave up a lot of short passes and a lot of efficiency to the uh, to the Chargers. But I still think you've got to take what you're getting on that side of the ball. And could it be improved? Yes. And I think we should look at different options. I think that the coverage today was way too loose and you know i can you can be as scared of keenan allen as you want but i think at some point you've got to not just let him run free through the zone as you're you know rushing seven or whatever because he just keeps working so um i don't know if there's one area you want to focus on there on defense but i think all we can ask from them is to give them give the offense a a good chance especially against a team like the chargers and they they did it i think no i agree and uh, like you said there's there's things that we can nitpick on this defense. I think the one that I would I'd point to is just the you're rushing eight or seven, whatever it ends up being, but you you've got a 12 yard cushion. Um, there were multiple times where the they'd have trips to the right or something, and the two people would run out and really just try to create contact with our defenders and just open up the room where Keenan Allen kind of not slow jog, but just you know lollygagged a little bit to be behind those guys and made an in cut and it's eight yards by the time he catches it. Um, I don't know if it's not trusting our guys to, to get up and press in certain situations or cause that's what we all, we heard all off season is cornerbacks are going to have to play in press. They don't have to hold up long because the pass rush should get there, but they, they have to be right there. I just feel like, yeah, if you're trying to get the ball out quickly, you need to be able to cover them more quickly rather than sitting off the ball with our corners. Um, but you look at how this team is constructed, the the defense has given the offense a chance to go win these football games multiple weeks. Um, 
I mean, maybe you would say they didn't in the first Bucks game, but they clearly did today with the fourth down stop and then last week as well. So I don't know. I it's hard for me to point at the defense just because that's not where draft capital and um, salary cap capital has been really spent in the last couple of years. Um, I think this is kind of the bed you made. Your offense just needs to be better to overcome it. Yeah. I mean, and they got the ball back two after the Vikings went down two scores and they score one and they, you know, get the, get the stop and get it back again. So they did a good job of, you know, whether there's a penalty or a negative play, then they'd be able to, um, to force that into a, into a punter turnover. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating when you rush six or seven or however many you send, but it still gets picked up because those guys that are rushing aren't able to to beat the blocks too much, and it's still Daniel Hunter that has to win. So that's frustrating. Um, hopefully they can improve there and figure out some ways to get some free rushers. Now that I think about it, someone that I feel like I never saw making plays or near anything in this game, with the exception of one big hit, was Harrison Smith. Like I feel like, where was he in this game? You know, any of the any of the passes that were getting completed down the field, it was like it's like Hicks dropping coverage or, you know, or Bynum or someone. Um, Caleb got beat a few times, but it seemed like, I don't know how they were using him, but it seems like he did not have an impact on the game. Yeah. And that was one of the things I mentioned preseason is I'm super excited to see how Harrison Smith shows up in this defense because he can be so impactful around the line of scrimmage, you know, rushing the pass or whatever it ends up being. Um, but through three weeks, that has been, you know, a disappointment. And I don't know if they're just not necessarily using him the way he has been successful in the past, or if he's lost a step, whatever it may be. But it seems like he still comes in and makes a big hit. I would say some of the hits he made, <laughs> the Vikings were recipients of flags on the other side of the ball today. Yep. Um, and Harrison just somehow gets away with it. But not nothing to write home about for for him. I would say Cam Bynum has looked really good in the last couple of weeks, um, with the Except exception of yeah. yeah, just letting the guy's shoe go. I don't know what his plan was there, um, but yeah, Harrison Smith leaving a little bit to, to to be desired, and with the amount that the the defense is blitzing, would love to see some sacks or you know force fumbles from someone other than Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, you know, I like Flores and I'm, I'm glad we have him here. I think he's doing the best with what he has. It does feel like they'll kind of commit to a game plan and just ride it out for the whole game. It's not, you're not going to see something different each drive or um, not a lot of adjustments, I guess. And knowing you're going to get, get beat to some extent, but you're going to, you know, hopefully make enough stops to, to give yourself a chance as well. So um, I would, again, not point to that as the, as the biggest reason this team is 0-3, but it can be frustrating in a way when, yeah, they're just in that soft zone coverage over and over, and Keenan Allen is just, he's getting either thrown in the ball and you don't even see anyone else on the screen. So, and then you've got to have someone back that sees that, that double pass coming. I mean, I get if the corner bites, but like, where's the safety? I don't know. Uh, that was usually you see those plays and there at least is someone running with him. Right. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Like, I don't know the, the way that he made that jet motion. I, I just thought, you know, as soon as he crossed over the hash, I was like, Oh, he's going to throw this because he's not sprinting. And the whole reason that, you know, you run a jet motion is not, to run into tacklers and different stuff. So he was clearly baiting the defense. We took the bait and it worked out perfectly. Uh, I did see Keenan Allen outscored uh, five or six starting NFL quarterbacks in fantasy points this week, just through his one pass touchdown. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. It was again, someone going against him. Luckily I have Raheem Mostert and started him. So that was good. As I'm looking through um, tweets that we sent each other after the game, um, two things come to mind. One, on those last two drives, the Vikings ran 10 plays in the red zone and got zero points. And one of the factors as to why they had to go for it on fourth down was that they were down by four instead of three. 
And you said when the Vikings scored, I don't remember which one it was. Was it the KJ one uh, to cut it to four and they could have cut it to three by going for two? Is that what it was? Uh, but you said that they should have gone for two and they did not. And obviously it led to them being down four instead of three, not kicking a field goal, all that stuff. So what do you think about that as far as how that contributed to the end of the game? Yeah, so that was still in the third quarter. Three minutes left in the third quarter is when KJ scored. And I thought they should go for two to cut it to a three-point game. Um, I mean, prior to that play, the Vikings offense had scored 10 points. I didn't think we were necessarily blowing the doors off of anything. Um, It just is interesting to me. It doesn't seem like Kevin O'Connell is very aggressive in you know, when to go for two and also when to go for it on fourth down. There was multiple times in in this game where um, he's punting past, past the 50, um, which results in some Ryan Wright touchbacks, rough game for him. Two of them. But um, yeah, they finally had to go for it on that one, the KJ touchdown that you're speaking of. And then, yeah, they were down 11. So they get a touchdown there. You cut it to, to four with extra point or three with a two point. And I'll say I thought it was too early just because I'm thinking if if Chargers score and then they go up seven instead of um, and you're still within seven or whatever. That's kind of what I was thinking. But yeah, big factor in the end when you and who knows, you know, every game is different. It could have gone a different way, but could have kicked a field goal on that last drive and tied it or on either of the last two. Right. So, yeah. And I'll look at it. um the Packers had an interesting one today. I don't know exactly when they scored, but they scored and uh extra point would put them down seven. They went for two to put them down six and then end up scoring later and have an extra point to take the lead. And that they scored that one with about two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, and it, <laughs> I, I love all the analytics that, that take a look at win percentage and how that all works out. I think half of it may point to Kevin O'Connell may not being confident in short yardage. And that's just how Fair. he's going to, you know, I've been complaining about that on this specific podcast. So I don't want to go back on my word and say, all right, go for it when you need two yards. But I don't know. I think there's a little bit to little to be desired there. Um, ultimately the Vikings did get the lead and you know, the, the three, four conundrum did work out but ended up biting them in the end where we could have been on the opposite side of that three, four conundrum with the chargers. I'm just thinking about that pass that was in the Caleb Evans hands and bounced off his hands <laughs> onto the helmet of the, his helmet and then into the receiver's hands for a touchdown. What a way. I just think if, if he comes up with that and the Vikings, you know, run out the clock, whatever it ends up being, and they only give up 21 points, we are raving about this mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, Oh, and three. Um, I will say another. They finally got Justin Jefferson into the end zone, which was nice. That was the play that was, you know, really exciting when they take the lead on that. And um, he had a had a good game, could have seen a little bit more from him as far as targets and receptions, but um, certainly can't complain another 150. So do you want to look at the schedule first? Or do you want to check in on your on your guys? You guys might need a play a, a players only meeting at this point. <laughs> um. Let's so just to recap, if guys. anyone missed it, if anyone missed our preseason, um, we have done a a draft to select our guys for this season. We each have five guys. Um, we each had five guys, I should say, um, that we're just uh, picking to be our either under the radar or hoping that we're going to um, kind of perform over expectations this season. So we picked from the team, anyone that hadn't made a Pro Bowl before. So uh, my guys are Jordan Addison, Caleb Evans, uh, Ty Chandler. Um, and Ivan Pace Jr., Jalen Rager, RIP, although I still think I'd get him on the Patriots. And then Ryan's guys, Brian Asamoah, Jalen Naylor, Marcus Davenport, who? Um, Ryan Wright and Lewis Seen. So um, I'll let you start. How are we feeling? Is it time to to panic for your guys? I'm going to give it one more game, um, four games through a quarter of the season. I would love to see more than four Marcus Davenport snaps before I made a judgment. Um, but I, I am fairly confident the only guy that saw the field today out of my guys was 
Ryan Wright, and we mentioned he had multiple touchbacks, which is not his best performance. Um, Jalen Naylor, Naylor's on IR, headed to IR. So as much as I'm standing on the table asking for him to get KJ Osborne snaps, that's not happening for at least another four weeks. Um, Brian Asamoah cannot usurp um, Ivan Pace, and then Jordan Hicks is able to is able to force a fumble today, so he's definitely locked himself into where where he needs to be. Um, I will say leaves a little to be desired in pass coverage, especially mm-hmm. on third and seventeen. Um, so maybe uh, and on <laughs> maybe a little more. Too. Maybe a li- well, right? He was there. He just he got boxed out. Went through his hands just like a Caleb's. So um, my guys are very much underperforming at this point in the season. Um, Long season. Not huge negatives, um, especially within this game, which I'll pass it off to you. Maybe you can start with a Caleb. Make my yeah. guys not seem well, so bad. So remember, it's it's based on expectations going into the season, right? So I would say... Some good, some bad. Some good, some not so good for a Caleb. Um, I think he's been an adequate starting corner so far this season. He does seem to get beat deep once a game. Um, and then, yeah, the that opportunity would have been huge if he came down with it and it went the other way. So that's, that's rough. Um, Jordan Addison, I'd say, is kind of right at expectations, maybe a little ahead. Um, I think everyone's pretty happy with him, but that's kind of what we we're hoping for coming in. Um, Ty Chandler is the interesting one. Um, would I like to see more of him? Yes. Do I think that he can block or catch? Not really. So that's the concern at this point. And I think I see why they maybe looked at a cam acres or are just forcing the ball to Madison. Um, after that, I mean, pace is the real winner so far. Um, I would say, um, league winner. So, Pretty happy with him. All the grades look good um, in the mix and has come a lot further than anyone could have expected as an undrafted free agent. And then, obviously, gone but not forgotten, Jalen Rager. So that's where we're at. I mean, it's 0-3 team. Hard to have anybody that's, um, I think, lighting the world on fire and everyone's happy with at this point. So long way to go. I will say um, Caleb has looked great in covering screens or, you know, quick Mm -hmm. outs. Um, his tackling, I think, has been very good through three weeks. Um, like you said, Pace is the the real, the one guy that just seems to really show up. Um, there was a play today. He didn't make the tackle, but um, it was a toss left, and he was on the right side of the formation. Um, and he was the second guy to the ball, was able to somehow weave through you know, the entire offensive and defensive line's smashing together and you know be around he didn't make the play but he was right there if if there was a broken tackle on that left sideline so he's moving very well um i think he's just kind of you know it's a lot for him to take in at this point with any rookie especially in that situation throwing into a a starting situation um but it is really fun to watch him and um just really hope my guys get a few more opportunities and, and can take advantage of them. Like you said, it's an 0-3 team, so it's hard to be really, really excited about anybody. But on the flip side, it's an 0-3 team. Um, it's a team that's seen Asamoah, Naylor, if he's healthy, should be able to at least get some snaps to try and make a difference. Yeah, and I would have loved, loved to have seen it. I mean, we talked about it last week, like time to give some snaps to Naylor over, over Osborne or um... – not necessarily over Addison, but along with. So, um, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch back the highlights, but Addison had a very quiet game and then came on in the fourth, which was great to see him do more than just catch deep touchdowns. So hopefully that'll be something that continues. And I know that there was some, I saw a clip this week about just how he's he struggled with some like press coverage and stuff because he's, he's a pretty small receiver and getting pretty, you know, pretty uh, expected for a rookie. I think a lot of time just getting knocked off routes and stuff like that. So, you know, looking forward to really seeing what, what more he can do as we go. Um, I do think not one of our guys on the, on the roster, but 
how do you feel about the TJ Hawkinson contract three weeks in? I'm very low on the TJ Hawkinson contract. Um, and I know he's coming off, I guess, you know, today he's got eight catches for 78 yards. That's great. On the flip side, you know, one of the targets turns into an interception. One of the other targets turns into a, a fumble. I don't know if they called that an interception or a fumble. Um, and then he has the two touchdowns last week, but I can, you kind of got me on board with the, the TJ Hawkinson, um, contract when you talked about how it opens up things for jj now i i just i don't know i need to see a little more from him he had one today where he's running over the middle field uh seam gets in behind the linebackers and and gains 20 yards 21 yards was i think is long um and i don't know if there's just one play a game that that's open for us and we take advantage of it or we go to it once and just don't seem to use it. Um, I'll let you talk on Hawkinson, but the one thing I wanted to mention with Addison, you know, he had, there was a stretch, there was three catches in a row. And then I I don't know if this is more Kirk or Kevin O'Connell, who it is, but on the, the first, not the first, but the, the first in the fourth quarter where the Vikings get stopped on the goal line, um, first and second down are Madison runs and then it's Justin Jefferson target, right? Justin Jefferson target left, which is fine. But then there's, there's multiple times in these next drives where it's four straight targets to Addison. And then the the final drive, I think it ends up being three or four straight targets for Hawkinson. And wh- why does it go so streaky? I don't, I, I really don't understand that. Um, and maybe it's a, as simple as, you know, they're running hurry up and and keeping the same personnel on the field and then taking advantage of that certain situation. But it, it's just something that sticks out in my mind. That seems very weird for, you know, the, the offensive guru, Kevin O'Connell, if you watch, you know, and I get the Dolphins game was a historical performance, but they did all of that today without Jalen Waddle. Can you imagine what our offense looks like without one of our top two pass catchers? Right. Yeah, I think it's maybe it's similar to hey, we've got to get the run game going. It's they certainly came out in the first drive in the second quarter and were like, we got to get Justin Jefferson going, which I agree with. And they, you know, had two big catches to him immediately. But then, yeah, Hawkinson, Addison, it does seem like it gets kind of streaky sometimes. And if it's working, that's great. But it does sometimes feel like they're not forcing things. I don't know. It's hard to articulate, but they're trying to to make things happen instead of let things happen and go with what happened. I don't know. That's a, that's a terrible way to describe an offense, but I think you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. they're not operating at all levels. They're kind of looking here and then there. So Hawkinson though, I, I mean, I think I still am confident in the talent and the, and comfortable with what they paid him, how they're using him. I don't know if I'm in love with, I mean, Eight for 78 is actually better than I would have expected after today, just based on my memory of it. But um, yeah, want to see more down the field, less less short. But he, he's very reliable on on third downs, on a lot of stuff right at the sticks, if he and Kirk can figure out the best way for him to catch the ball and then hold on to the ball, I guess. So um does feel like Kirk is, is comfortable with him, and they'll continue. I mean, he had 11 targets today, Jefferson at 13. So um I'm not panicking about it. It's not been a great start. And he also missed a lot of time in, in camp and stuff too. So I do think that that's one of the ways that this offense can continue to improve is, is having a real three. Here's the thing that if I'm going to get upset about one thing so far this season, this, I think it's sleep number that has this three deep ad that they came up with before the season with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and KJ Osborne comparing them to the original three deep and saying they're three deep 2.0, you're just asking for us to fall apart with that. I I mean, I think you've seen it. They all, even just this week after the, after the 0-2 start, they all were like posting it. If we take this player by player, Jefferson, Randy Moss, sure, great. We're on pace for that. Although I'll say some of the catches today, he was reminding me of Chris Carter. I was liking what I was seeing with that. So <laughs> either one, but you yeah, give him the best one, right? Randy Moss which is crazy to even say, but he's on, 
you know, he's in that ballpark so far. Um, I mean, maybe KJ Osborne was second receiver as the beginning of the season, but you've got to give Addison the highest ceiling. So you're Addison coming in, you're expecting Hall of Famer, comparing him to Chris Carter, not just Hall of Famer, but one of the 10 best, maybe, maybe higher than that, wide receivers of all time. And then you're saying KJ Osborne's Jake Reed, who, by the way, Jake Reed was no slouch. He was not your typical, you know, third receiver. Um, so I think that those expectations that they, not that it's, it's an ad, it's stupid, but I just don't like seeing that until we have a little bit more um, evidence. So that, that reminded me of that as I was thinking about our three-headed offense, three-headed pass catchers, and one of them is Hawkinson and not even Osborne. So not happy with your sleep number for that one. Yeah, I agree. They definitely jumped the gun on that. Put a lot of pressure on Addison <laughs> if you're expecting Hall of Fame talent out of him. Um, and the equivalent like, would be like Jefferson, as he is right now, with like the best season of Diggs and Thielen, would be like yeah. how good that three deep was. Correct. Correct. If you look at those stats, you know, you mentioned Jake Reed is no slouch. Jake Reed was a very good receiver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's just not his fault that, you know, Randy Moss, the goat also showed up while he was here, different stuff like that. But I'm low on KJ Osborne. Everybody knows that if they've listened to this pod and he is not on Jake Reed's level, um, even with the body of work in the last, however many years he's been a Viking. So I agree. They jumped the gun on that and it will delay my purchase of a sleep number. If not cancel it. So, We'll see. I mean, I guess when you look at all the numbers, it does certainly make sense that 0-3 is a lot worse than 0-2 when it comes to playoff odds, all that stuff. Um, we set out the rule before the season or after week one. We are not going to talk about anything beyond this season until there are four games below 500, so we've not reached that threshold. So we are still full speed ahead with this season on this podcast. And if there was ever a get-right game, it's going to Carolina, hopefully. Um so we have that, the Chiefs, the Bears, and the 49ers. So t- talk about the yin and the yang. Like, um, <laughs> it, I think that you have to somehow win one of those. They're both at home. First of all, you have to <laughs> if the if the Panthers want to put us out of our ministry, uh, out of our misery next week, this will be a QB scouting podcast the entire time <laughs> after after the game. I'll tell you that right now. But we're not there yet. So. Assuming the Vikings go in there and I mean, Carolina is 0-3-2, but they're not maybe the worst team in the league. I'm looking at if there's a chance to turn this thing around, you have to beat either the Chiefs or the 49ers at home in order to kind of get back on track in a way. So that's where we're at. Not a good place. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're going to turn this around, um, winning at Carolina, you know, obviously they're 0-3. And I don't know what Bryce Young's timetable is to return. I saw Andy Dalton's get. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but road wins in the NFL are still road wins. Um, If you had to pick one, if the Vikings, so Vikings win three out of their next four in my hypothetical world, what between the Chiefs, I'm, I'm penciling yep. in the Panthers and the Bears. You mentioned the Panthers aren't the worst team in the league. Um, I <laughs> the think Bears the Bears are. <laughs> um, when it comes to what the week they had, you know, the Vikings are on three, but it, hey, we could still have at least we're not the Bears. Um, but you got to pencil it, one of those wins in. If you had to pick one right now, which one do they win? I mean, you're asking me whether you think we can beat Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy. <laughs> so... I'm sorry. I, I will never believe in Purdy. I, I great team and, you know, good, good for him for all the wins. But I think at some point that's going to run out and it'll probably be all the way to the NFC championship or something, but that's definitely the one I would have more confidence in. But, you know, the chiefs have had some, some lulls on the road at times in the past too. And here's the thing. Three, one score losses against I mean, the Chargers, I'd say, are a better team than than a one and two or zero oh and two, and obviously the Eagles and the Bucks. So I do think that the Vikings can at least, until we see otherwise, at least be in the 
ballpark of any team in the NFL. So that's why I'm like, if you just keep going on this season, it's a long way. Who knows what will happen with other division teams? Like three losses is bad, but if you make a little run at some point, like, you know, could nine and eight, 10 and seven be a possibility still? I, th- I mean, maybe. Um, I'm definitely just projecting confidence here that I don't actually have, but here we are talking about this until we reach the threshold and can really, you know, move in a different direction. So, but I mean, I think, I mean, I don't feel good about my playoff prediction that I made on this pod last week, but I still feel similarly about how good of a team they are. Yeah. I think I would feel better about it. Like you said, if they can win three out of the next four and you have a chance to go to green Bay um ideally you win your second division game at that point and and get back to 500 at that point um will the vikings get back to 500 anytime this season yes or no i will say yes and wow. this this will it's tough you want to bet on <laughs> you, you, I, I, I would say no. Kevin O'Connell talked in his post-game press conference today that the 2021 Rams, which I will remind you, did win the Super Bowl, did lose three in a row. Now it wasn't their first three games of the season, but they did lose three in a row. So I'm just saying, you know, when it happens, it doesn't necessarily matter. Maybe somehow you can conjure up some of that same magic. And, you know, you have you have the offensive firepower when you look at it. You just have to put the pieces together in the right order in order to make that happen. Yeah. Good news about today. AFC loss. So only counts for like half. And, you know, you don't want to peak too early either in the NFL. So we're building up. And I do not think they're going to get back to 500, but I think they could. I mean, yeah, they, they, they can play with anybody. And if they could hang on to the ball maybe we would have a better chance is what I'll say. So yeah, this is where we're, this is where we're at. This is where we go from here. And I was going to say one other thing and I forgot. Do you have any I will else? say this, yeah, this, this loss, not that the Eagles loss was like a moral victory. This loss hurts a lot worse than the Eagles one in my mind. Um, I think just preseason, you pencil the Eagles game in as a loss being on the road. Right. Um, we talked about it last week that, you know, if this team goes on three, this, this podcast, the tone changes a lot, which I think it did. If this team goes on four, given what we said week one, this tone changes even more. <laughs> Might not be for the worse either. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, yeah, I think that they've got a, they've got a shot to still turn it around, but it's, it's bad. I don't know. Were we harsh enough? You think today? I think we're pretty harsh. I I am putting Kevin O'Connell. I already put him on. I've got him on fraud watch. I think I am worried about his viability as a game manager and as a play caller. Is he a good leader? Yes. And we'll see if he can hang on to that for this whole season, but I think one or the other, I would love to see some improvement on. Wes Phillips, play caller. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I told myself about an hour, two hours ago, that I was going to call for that on this podcast, and <laughs> as I started talking, I I couldn't do it. Um, but like you said, I think Kevin O'Connell is a good leader. Um, today, I think he was a terrible game manager and not a very good play caller, and so maybe mixing it up in that sense. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's tough to say if it makes any difference, but depending on where the season goes, maybe you try it on an interim basis and and see what happens. I just it's it's hard for me to sense that Kevin O'Connell feels the flow of the game enough to take advantage. That's that's my biggest issue. Yeah, he can't what sustain is- drives. Where there was a point today where Alexander Madison runs for eight yards on first down. And we proceed to throw the ball over 15 air yards on second and third down. And then we punt. Like if you want to lean on the running game, then second or third and two is the time to do that. 
Yeah. And like you said, we just, the, the comparison between the chargers on the other side of the ball, throwing everything quick right away, getting yards after the catch, you know, high completion percentage stuff and the Vikings having to, having to drop back and, and protect and throw the ball down the field, which of course you want to be aggressive down the field and they do a lot of good things, but there doesn't seem to be that other component to the offense in the, in the middle or in the, in the shorter pass game. So will we see Cam Akers or Dalton Reisner next week or both or neither? Both. Both is my prediction. Um, I think Dalton Reisner was active today. And I think Evan Ingram had, there's at least two holding calls um, that stick out in my mind, plus a bunch that, you know, he just gave up the sack and, or the pressure instead of giving up a, getting called for a hold. Um, And then Cam Akers, everybody says he should know the offense because it's the offense that Kevin O'Connell came from. So as long as he's, kept himself in shape then you know we'll see some touches for him i'm very interested where that where he might slot in i don't think you need a kick returner because you never have to return kicks so is ty chandler active for that i don't know so i wouldn't be surprised i guess if he eats into as much as i hate to say it eats into chandler's looks so will adam thielen get his revenge on the minnesota vikings next week he um he's had two back to back good weeks and they don't have other options. Well, that and I think his I don't know, does his play style similar Keenan Allen in a way? Like, I don't know. Quite a compliment. Um maybe I think we he's not as fast, which is good, but did not love what I saw from Byron Murphy today. So do we have a corner that you can really put on somebody? I don't I don't think we'd think that we do. So but who are we talking about here? <laughs> Adam Thielen. So I, I I'm sure I'm sure they'll come in and try to give him a good game and stuff, but hopefully the Vikings lose. Or you could say, true Minnesotan, what's in the best interest of the franchise? Maybe he puts us out of our minute out of our misery as well. Last question. Do you want to comment on the frequent Kirk Cousins to the Jets rumors, or do you think what are the odds that any Kirk Cousin move will happen during the season? Under 2%. Yeah, I agree. I don't no trade clause, I, and why would he want to go anywhere without a contract? Well, that and um, I don't know if you've watched Kirk in any press conference. I don't think Kirk in the New York media would be like this match made in heaven. Um, I think he is happy with the role he can play in Minnesota. And if he doesn't get a contract here and is able to go to the open market in the um, spring, he will take that advantage and make his decisions from there. But the wild speculation is just insane to me, given that Kirk has the no trade clause. Now, if it was like, I I have no idea what's the perfect landing spot, maybe the commanders uh, <laughs> for Kirk. But if it was something, if it's the 49ers calling, Purdy gets hurt, whatever it is, where Kirk can't actually maybe would entertain the idea, you know, then I think it's worth talking about. But if, you know, maybe something happens on Tuesday and I'll eat my words, but. I think that we should not even consider that that's a possibility unless something happens is what I would say on that. So here we go. Another week. Hopefully we can finally get that first win is Sunday will be October or is it still there's 30 October days. October 1st. October. So nothing in September. Oh, and oh, and September. That's how we did this year. So hopefully October will be better. Who knows? Nice sweep of the Chiefs and Niners could be could be coming for your Minnesota Vikings. Is or it generally is it generally Kirktober or Kirk Kirkvember? We've had both. Um we've had Kirk Sember too, haven't we? Never Kirk Tember. So Kirk September. Kirk Tember. Never had that. So yeah, could be. Although already leading the league in yards, so I don't know how Tua isn't. That's a mystery to me. But 
good for them. They run the ball very well. Yeah, but half of them are like pitches. That's crazy. I would love to know the person that started Ahmed or no, was it Ab- um, Ach- was it Ach- I don't know. I Ahmed's thought the other one. I thought Raheem Mostert had the greatest fantasy day of all time, and he wasn't <laughs> even the leading scorer on his own team. So take that as you That's will. That's so crazy. All right. Well, we've rambled long enough. So until next week, we will see. Next week maybe really will be the turning point for the pod. I know we said this week was, and it, it was in a lot of ways, but next week could be a real fork in the road for your Minnesota Vikings. So we will press on. Skull Vikings, and we'll see you next week. Skull. In situations like this, there's only two money guys on this team. Find them. Find them. 80, what you going to do today? I got my A game. You got your A game? Yes, sir. You got his A game.